Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 80 of the Tondal Tutnu podcast and this week we're back with Sports Talk after a month of not doing it and joining us for this edition are our regular guests Faison. Everyone listen to the Florida Man episode that's coming out shortly. Okay you're a bit too excited about that one but okay and next we have Sean. How's it going? I second that. Listen to that episode it's be great. Okay and we have Rahul. Hey, hi everyone. I'm back. Um, salam alaikum. Ramadan Mubarak, everyone. And we have Faniki. Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> hi, guys. It's nice being back and talking about football. Pretty much. But before we talk about uh, football, Faniki, I hear you've written a book. Yep. I actually wrote a book a time back. Um, this was before I met Faisan and Atham, like a couple of years before more or less for like a school project, but it was also something that I was interested in doing because, okay, it's a quick story. In year eight, we were given like a task to write a short story. And then I wrote the short story. It was pretty okay. Like people kind of liked it. And I was like, let me just expound on it. And that's when I got the book. Basically, what the whole book is about is it's a critique of, I think I'm just going to call it victim privilege. Like, I hear these things saying, at oh, we're black people. We are the victims. That means we cannot be the perpetrators of racism, aka black people can't be racist. And I find that very stupid. So that book essentially is like a fictitious world created. Like, you know, if, if there was a universe where us Negroes were in position of power akin to the Europeans all those years back, we would have done the exact same atrocities, most likely as what the Europeans did in real history. Because we human beings have this special talent of identifying, it's just identifying or making up a difference that creates conflict. Yeah. Because, you know, differing people based off the color of their skin is very stupid. Uh, differing people off their belief is very stupid. But we're very talented in finding differences and we're very talented in fighting. So that's the problem with us humans. <laughs> anyway, back to sports now. <laughs> No, it sounds like an interesting book. It sounds like a really interesting book. It's a very unconventional take, you know, because no one's really going to like talking about these kind of things, but it needs to be talked about. It's interesting, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Wait, so Faniki, how can we all read it? Okay. Well, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put it, trying to find a way to make it an, an online book because right now it's just hard copy, but I do have like a PDF, a PDF file on it. I actually don't know much about technology, so someone, I'll need some help here because right now I'm focusing on doing it in my local community. You could probably like convert it into an ebook and then probably sell it on like Amazon or something like that could be done. Like we definitely need to look into that. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, Faniki, we're we're hundred percent promoting this on this podcast. And like whenever Faniki's book is out, we'll link it. I think it's already out now. Yeah, it's, it's already out the hard copy. To all the Kenyans listening, go pick up a copy. It's at Khan Stationers. Yep, it is. And I'm also planning to put it up in the shelves of one of Loretto of a school, a primary school, Loretto Corvi Bombasa. It's in the making. I'm still in the process of talking with them, but they're probably going to be up in the library shelves by like May, somewhere in May. Is the book written only in English? Yeah, it's written only in English. Oh, okay. At a point in time, it's going to be translated like, if it gets super big, uh, like super huge, obviously the transitions are going to come in. And, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. No, I was wondering how, how does how is it usually done in Kenyan schools? Like, do you guys speak English mostly, or, or what do you guys what do you guys speak? Oh yeah, it's a mesh of English and Kiswahili, but like, yeah, there's a, there's actually a people speak English, yeah, yeah. Oh, and okay. the thing with okay. is that okay, the, the school is mainly private. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, it depends so on the uh, school that you go to. If you got like private or public school, some public schools do teach in Kiswahili. Mm, well, okay. okay. To be very honest with you, like this kind of sucks, but you know, Kenya. Okay, if you want to know a place where it's conk Kiswahili from start to finish, it's not Kenya. It's Tanzania. Oh, is it a Tanzanian language or a Kenyan language? No, Tanzania. Right, Tanzania. Like we both speak Swahili, Kenyan, Tanzania. But oh, Tanzanians okay, okay. are conk like those guys. It's pure. Like those guys are like the Shakespeareans. We are like the current British drill kind of. Oh, okay, I see. Where we mesh up English and Swahili, but then those and. We use a lot more slang and shorthand. They use like Kiswahili as it was made. Those guys, particularly like also Zanzibar. Which one is like us and Indonesia then? Yeah, no, it's pretty much the same thing. I'm kind of curious, is the, is the English you learn, you guys learn the same as like American English or is it more British? It's no, more, it's oh, British English. British. What do you think colonized us? Well, yeah. I mean, but they colonized us and look how, look at our accents. <laughs> yeah, true. That's, that's fair. But like, you, you guys, you guys got free from them like very, very early and so much so you could be like, let's fucking do whatever you want now. You guys had 45 presidents. We've had how many? Like four? Four. We've had like what? Eight, nine prime ministers? I think we're number nine right now. Ah, man. But we had a repeat, right? So technically it's eight prime ministers. Yeah, technically. And we had three of our presidents are dead. R.I.P. Moiki Baki. Our only surviving president is the one who's president right <laughs> Only now. surviving president. I like the way you would do that. Yeah, he's the one who's actually yeah. president right now. <laughs> All his successors are dead. Sorry, Wait, did the other ones like die of natural deaths or was it was it like an you know yeah, they natural, natural death? deaths bro those guys oh, okay. were old bro how, how, how old was Kenyatta died in 78 and he was and he was born in the 1800s so he was at least he was over the age of 78 when he died Moi was 95 Kibaki was 91 so should we tell them about Mahathir? <laughs> well he is still going after all yeah I don't know he's 94 maybe this year but that guy has seen it all. He fought for our independence and then he became a, our fourth prime minister and then he went into retirement. And he came and back. And then he came back as our seventh prime minister. Okay. Anyways, Faniki, like besides the book, you're also a United fan, aren't you? Oh, by the way, okay, also not beside the book, I was going to plug my blog before because I oh. don't want to talk about United because yeah, it's very, very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Talk about your blog then. Very, very depressing. So there's a blog, it's, it's, I've tried, yeah, I changed the name, it's called Top 5 Tuesday, but now I just write about whatever. So I just, I used to make top five lists based off football and releases on a Tuesday. It was mm-hmm. in the summer of 2019 when I got the idea and like I had so much time in my hands. So, so you're probably like top five strikers in world football one, Alvaro Morada. Oh, <laughs> No, like that. Okay. My first one was top five greatest Chelsea players of all time because Eden Hazard just left Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why not? No, Hazard on the list. Hazard didn't make the list. Oh, shit. Ooh. For real? Yeah, because like there were 
There was Petr Cech, Jan Pakozola, Drogba, John Terry, and number one, Lampard topped the list because like... Of course, yeah. Top scorer. If you look at it from an objective point of view, Lampard was Chelsea's best player in Chelsea's greatest ever era. So, he's mm. the best player ever. It makes sense. So, yeah. Then I made another top five list of greatest Champions League finals of the decade because the decade was about to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I made some other top fives of... Which was another top five one that I liked. I, oh, oh, top five Aguero, best Aguero games because he was leaving City at a point. When he, when he, was, when he was confirmed he was going to leave City, his best ever performances, that was quite fun. But yeah, research for them must have been tough, I really eh? remember the QPR match. Well, yeah, the QPR, the QPR match was fourth. It finished fourth. fourth. Yeah, because he didn't actually have a good game. He just scored a good goal. So he just it's iconic goal, goal, though. He scored only the most important goal. But like, because the thing is that for me, I'm strictly objective. Like, you have to watch that game. Every touch that Aguero takes, like, this guy has to be like amazing. I think you're a man United it. fan. Every time about perspective, I'm writing about City. Am I hearing this correct? He's questioning your credibility, Faniki. That's what he's doing. Yeah, obviously, you can be objective. Was there any performance of Aguero against United on the list? No, because no, he's because they've been better. Because <laughs> they've been better. Mm. <laughs> guy scored four goals against against Leicester. He scored like a. I remember he scored five against Newcastle and all within the space of like twenty minutes. Then he scored a hat trick against Bayern Munich for the love of God. Oh wow! Like I remember that, that was the number one. He scored a hat trick against Bayern in the Champions League, which saved City from getting eliminated to the group stage. So that was the number one. Like United, when he played against us, he's been great. But like the other games were like better. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. scored like hat tricks and all that stuff. He never scored a hat trick against us. He only scored braces twice. But yeah. If he scored a hat trick against us, I would have put it on the list begrudgingly, but he has not, thankfully. Then I moved on into just writing about football in general. There was this blog that I wrote about the greatest World Cup match you've never heard of. Because what I normally do is that I just I just go to FIFA, the main website, and just check up the World Cup. Random World Cup, then look at the fixtures and see how the games went. Then Kumbe, in 1986, the Soviet Union played Belgium. And it finished 4-3 after extra time. And some guy scored a hat-trick. And there were like two last-minute goals. And I'm like, why the fudge have I never heard of this game? So I researched and I just wrote about it. Mm. Tell us about your latest episode on what's wrong with Kenyan football. Kenyan football is in a mess. But it's always been in a mess because we are... Our governing body has... It's just corrupt. Yeah, it's corrupt. Is it? Like it's corrupt, but then we're also inept. Like even if we even if we take corruption aside and we look at how they're doing like pure football, if the results were coming in, if we are still if we are winning our games and it looked like the the house was in order, they can be embezzling the fans sour. But no, we've had six managers of the national team in six years. Oh shit. Sounds like Malaysian football. It's on the blog. One of the managers called Francis Kimanzi got sacked be- and he has no idea why he got sacked. Like dead ass. He has no idea why he got sacked. <laughs> was it because of a poor run of, of maybe a poor run? No, he wasn't even doing a poor run. He was, he was okay. Like his last fixture was a, was a win against Zambia in, a, in, a, in an international friendly. And I mm-hmm. think he got a draw against Egypt. And Ooh, a Egypt. draw against wow. Togo. Yeah. So it was fine. Like he was all right, then he just left. And then 
he was replaced by our greatest manager of all time. His name is Coach Gosbule. Okay. No, but here's the thing. He was our greatest manager of all time in 2004. And he hadn't managed, he hadn't picked a starting 11 in 10 years. So why are we bringing him back, bro? Like, it's like bringing Sarek Ferguson back. Like, that's just <laughs> stupid. Do you remember when we read in the newspaper? I think I showed this to you. When the profiling like the Kenyan national team players. And their favorite food is KFC. And like, how are you gonna like win if you don't have the self-discipline and the self-motivation to like work out, go to the gym? You're just there eating KFC in flip-flops. Like just <laughs> the whole thing. Top to bottom is rotten. Dude, you wouldn't even make it like on the school team. Yeah, but this is like at an international level. Like you're representing your country. But players have no pride playing for Kenya. Is also the problem. I think there is genuine pride in playing. Okay, there's actually a fair point. There is a pride in playing for Kenya because the people that are in charge of running it are just bad. So what happened is that the government disbanded our federation after investigating and finding out that we that the federation had embezzled 255 million Kenya shillings of funds that was to go to our AFCON campaign in 2019 with the with our president former president of the FKF Nick Mwendwa alleged of stealing 10 million Kenyan shillings so what happened is that they were like the government was like you guys are useless we are going to disband you then fifa were like that's illegal you're supposed to don't interfere with our federation if you interfere and disband fkf we are going to ban you from we're going to suspend you from all footballing activities and the government was like we're going to disband fkf anyway then fifa were like okay you're suspended indefinitely so that's what's happening that means now is that of course we cannot play in any qualifiers both in africa and in international in fifa our teams like tasca won the league they were supposed to go for the they were supposed to qualify for the caf champions league they are not participating in this caf champions league nor the caf confederations cup which is like the europa league of africa our locally based referees cannot ref internationally our mm. locally based players cannot secure a transfer internationally So basically like if I was in the context of me I cannot secure a contract outside the country a professional contract Anik you can send me for police Oh dang they also have a team named police Of course we do Yeah there's actually a team for police We do I don't know why they are in the league This Malaysian league also has a team named police and ground mm. can it's, it's 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 made up of our actual police officers Yeah, but we have Ulinzi Stars, which is made up of the military. Yeah, we also have that. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, have armed forces. Yeah. <laughs> you have armed forces and police clubs? That's yeah. yeah. Okay. That's part of the uniqueness of Kenyan and Malaysian football. So you guys have that as your uniqueness, and here we have just our rules to get around transfers instead. No, our teams are actually named after industries. There's like Zoya Sugar, after the sugar company. There's Tasker after like the beer company. There's police after like police, obviously. We have teams named after industries. It just reminds me of like Bayer Leverkusen because it's the Bayer company. But anyway, with Kenya, most teams are like 
based off companies because that's how they still that's how they stay afloat because commercially like okay the three methods of income sponsorship commercial and match day income aren't isn't that big like when it comes to match day income i know with bandari a ticket costs 100 bob which is very it's dirt cheap it's like less than a dollar and if you get into the place early enough you can sneak in for free so many That's people don't have to do tickets what would it be without being able to sneak in Izan yeah. snuck in a glass bottle of water around our security here last time I went to a game. sophisticated security. I don't know how you did it. I mean, usually they're on top of everything. Anyway, we need to be sponsored by companies for us to stay afloat because match day income, match day revenue is low. Commercially, I don't think any big company sponsors us, sponsors our teams, apart from the betting ones. I yes, think there is... CRs just tend to sell off the name of the stadium to a company, and that's where a lot of money comes from. I think even yeah, sports teams in the UK do that too, right? Some. Yeah, like, yeah, I know Arsenal do it, uh, Arsenal and City, and I think that's it. That's the only one I can think of. Yeah, there's really not that many. I mean, I'm trying to think Sanford Bridge is normal. Uh, yeah, they're pretty yeah, but much Sanford Bridge don't. is falling apart. Uh, I mean, it wasn't that bad when I was there. TBH Sanford Bridge should like be renovated because it's very small for a club like Chelsea. No, but so I think like they can't 000. do it, right? Because like the city council won't approve it just because of how close it is to like the rest of the city. Yeah, well, it's literally like quartered in by buildings. They just got a new owner. I mean, a couple of days ago. What's his name? What's his name, Richmond? The new owner, Eddie, Eddie and Eddie and Katia. Eh? Oh, Eddie and Katia. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like seriously though, like what's going to happen to Chelsea? Like, Whoever comes in is definitely not going to have the money that Roman had. And even now, what? We have Lewis Hamilton and Serena Williams. Yeah. Like, Serena Williams getting her. Why is she getting involved? Like, I mean, okay, Lewis Hamilton is an Arsenal fan. Maybe it's an inside job. Who knows? We can support <laughs> that. His first action of business would be making Marcus Alonso captain. I mean, honestly, they're probably both just like really my, small minority investors just like have some like, star power in the bid. Money. Decisions. But it shows you how like most owners trying to buy Chelsea just don't have the money to sustain them or else they'd be bidding on your own. Well, so that is just like bolster their bid because remember he's like fighting against other people to try and get it. So like having a couple stars on it just might make them the more appealing like, mm, consortium. That makes sense. But okay, what do we realistically think will happen? Like, okay, let's say like next season. I hope they die. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want, I want them... To just like disband as a team, just call it quits. I'd be a very happy man. Yeah, but that's not gonna happen. So yeah, I just want them to sell Pulisic somewhere where he'll actually play. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I care. I just want them to lose like half their team on free transfers. Rudiger, Christensen, Aspilicueta, like their whole backline just goes. Real Madrid by Reese James. They have no defense. I mean, they definitely won't have as much money as they did past. Like, they, they won't have unlimited money to spend anymore. They're good for them. You know, they've been spending like nobody's business for the past, what, three, four years? Past three, four years. Doing for the past 15 years, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually. No, they should sell off, like, their, their expensive players who are not really doing anything. Like, you know, they could make good money of Lukaku. They could make good money of Pulisic. They I could, sure, I think, still make money of Hakim Ziyech. Is Hakim Ziyech even playing? He's not playing these days. No, he really doesn't play. Yeah. 
Avert's actually doing pretty pretty well. Now. Lukaku has has good rapport in in Syria, I guess. Well, now with Inter fans now, <laughs> maybe he should go to AC Milan. Ooh, Ooh. he could. Inter are broke one. AC Milan, okay, I AC Milan is the only team I can see. But then, like, he's very close to Inter, and he doesn't want to hurt their feelings. So I don't think. Yeah, he's I mean, he'd still there. be very close to Inter. You play in the same stadium. <laughs> yeah, facts. But he can go to PSG. It's the place for all big flops. Yeah, but... uh, yeah. It's a shot. Choose Pogba or Lukaku or Ronaldo. Okay, let's not do that. Oh, 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 Ronaldo could replace Mbappe. Yeah, at PSG. And play with Pogba as well. Okay, wait. Let's talk about United for a quick second. Oh, Christ. Hmm. So, five games left. It's probably looking unlikely that United get top four. And if they don't get Champions League, what's going to happen? I mean, Eric Ten Hag's coming in. Yeah. But will Ronaldo stay for another year? Yes. Yeah, where else could he go, man? I don't think he's like, he's not going to go back to Portugal, not yet, you know? So where else is he going to go? PSG? He's going to stay for another season, then maybe retire. There is no way in hell PSG can afford him, not without selling Mbappe. Well, they're going to sell Mbappe. I mean, yeah, they have to sell Mbappe. They won't even yeah. sell him. He's leaving for free. Oh, you're right. Shoot. But getting his wages off the, off the books is like a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. But they still have to be paying Messi, Neymar, you know, isn't it not sure for Kimi still there? Yeah. About it, like Di Maria is also leaving for free. Where is Di Maria going? Oh, yeah. yeah, where is Di Maria going? That's Back to Argentina. I don't think he's finished yet, though. He's not. He's a really good player, but. Ah, I know the perfect solution MLS. Yeah, MLS, come on over. Don't go to the rest. Go to a good team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Go to a good team with a good stadium and a good fan base. What? What's that? New York? No, like Atlanta, LA. Portland Timbers. Portland, yeah. No, wait, no. I, I love Portland because I, we beat them in the championship. I, but like, do they like saw a logo or something? Like before a match or something? I don't know. Like they like cuts a tree. Oh, they, they saw, they, they saw a, a piece of a log every time they score a goal. Why? Yeah. Like that's, that, that, I don't know. I don't care. That's crazy. I like it. It's I, pretty I, cool I like tradition, it. yeah. <laughs> Like it's in front of their supporters section. They have like a big pedestal with a log on, and a guy literally takes a chainsaw after every time they score a goal and cuts a piece off it. And I love it, bro. Like I would want to go out there and just witness it. No, it's actually really cool. Make your own identity, Monique, I could send you a couple of videos because I was there in December when City played them in the championship game. I will. But Seattle, oh Seattle, I forgot Seattle. Seattle's like. The okay, best cool, MLS. Yeah. They're the best MLS team. Anyway, um, we rich friend. You're saying about the United. No, oh, yeah. So, like, what's the plan? Like, is there finally going to be a proper rebuild? Are players going to stay? Are players going to leave? So, Eric Ten Hag asked for. He asked for what? Two hundred million. You could do a lot with two hundred million. Yeah, but like, you could also buy two Harry, two and a half Harry Maguires, and that's not a lot. Oh, but see, the thing is, if you think about it. United are going to get a lot of their players off on free transfers. Cavani, Pogba, um, Mata, Matic. So that wage bill they're paying is also going to be freed up quite a lot. Here's my hot take, right? I feel like United need to do what Arsenal did and do like a full-scale rebuild. Like even if it means they have to just like sacrifice experience for youth. 
Because like they've been spending like what last five years. Not spent- just that. I mean, Arsenal. It took us what two years, two to three. My hot take is they need to abandon that culture of like ego, and you know, having. Oh, that's not that- happen. It's United. <laughs> yeah, that's United. Like the fans will always gonna have an ego. That is the identity team. The fans, the players, like. That ego for a brand before we're a football team. No, but like you want to say that, but then you have all the United pundits on TV, like talking, uh, talking them up like they're still a big club when like they haven't been performing like one. But, but there's no way that you can win if you sort of put yourself as a brand. You have to be humble first. No, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. But like I'm saying the culture is is a lot deeper than just the players in the dressing room. Like it's like a wider thing. Like the way people market United as like a cultural phenomenon and then people have to like buy into that. Like when you have like after like, oh, United beat Leeds 5-1 and everyone's talking about his title challenges. I'm like, it's Leeds. (laughs) (laughs) Pogba was supposed to win Playmaker of the Year too. Oh yeah, everyone was like, Pogba was going to win Playmaker of the Year and now it's like Trent again. TBH, you did have like seven assists like the first five games. Regression to the mean and all that. Also, Bruno Fernandes. United fans are comparing him to uh, De Bruyne for a while too, and then you know. Oh, okay, to be fair, to be fair, at that form, he was comparable to De Bruyne. <laughs> Ronaldo came and he disappeared. Just doesn't seem to click well, Ronaldo, man. No, but here's the thing, though. He seems to be scoring all their goals, which is like important. I get not. He's it's not much. All their goals, but he's compromising other areas of the play, like the defensiveness. I mean, he doesn't do anything defensively. So that's like, yeah. Okay, Faniki, the guy guy with the Ronaldo profile picture in this call, what do you think is the problem? Oh, United. Well, you can start with like the style of (laughs) play. Problem. Everything. Have any problems. But you can start with like the style of play at least. They are the problem. Is United the problem? Okay. Here's the thing with United, right? We don't have the players for the style of play. Like, Reinick's style of play, we just don't have the players for that. And I like Fred and I also like McTominay. You like McTominay? Like, they are no, I'm just trying to, right. <laughs> I'm trying to be well, I mean, like, It was a great pre-assist for Jacques's goal yesterday. I will say that. Oh wow, yeah. That was special. Also, McTominay, he has a special place in my heart with that long range goal he scored against City. Oh, right that was COVID special, man. Yeah. That was good. That was yeah. good goal. The celebrations but, too. Like, they're wow. not good enough. They're not good enough central uh, defensive midfielders. And like, I think, oh, the thing we like is that we lack in personnel in perhaps two of the most crucial positions in modern football. And that's CDM and wing and fullbacks. We are so dead. Like, with the likes of City and Liverpool, which is like where we are, even Chelsea, they have world-class, they have world-class players in those positions. They have Kante, Rodri, Fabinho, we have Fred McTominay in the fullback positions. They have the likes of Carl Walker, Jaconcello, Robertson, Trent, James, um, Chilwell. We have Juan Bissaka and Alex Tellas. Tellas is good. Tellas, okay. Tellas Dude, is okay. Fine. You can't say that. Not after that game last night. Not man. after that game. He was at four for two goals. Okay, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tellas tell, tell, tell had an off. Okay, Tellas is okay. But the thing is that with between him and Luke Shaw, what do you prefer? Fullbacks, bro, it's kind of like they're basically the same player. Okay. <laughs> Is it Shaw. really that bad? bad. <laughs> I would say Shaw. Like Shaw has fallen off a cliff since the Euros. 
He was so good during the Euros, man. I actually thought he this is his comeback. We, we all had him in our fantasy teams at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all did. But then he just fell off. But anyway, when it comes to progressing the play out wide, we suck. Okay? Because our wingers, okay, apart from Sancho, Sancho has kind of helped. But like the wingers that we have are not really wingers. They are inside forwards. Rashford, falling off. Rashford too, yeah. Wow. Yeah, then there's also like the problem with Rashford. But like in a system-based way, we do not have wingers. We have inside forwards. Sancho is the only person that I can that I know is going to like be a that could play that classic winger type. Play on the right. Uh, Elanga, his dribble. He's like, been he's good. Eh? He's been good. Yeah. Yeah, he he's he's been he's been good, but he should never really like if he is is if how old is he? Is he like 19? I think it's 1920 somewhere around there. If he's a starter that we're playing week in, week out then I think there's a problem. Because why is he ahead of the likes of Rashford? Like, of course, Elanga is a great yeah, player. Yeah, Diallo as well is going to come back. That is dangerous. What, 30 million as the most exciting teenager? What's happened to Martial as well? He was also like big when he came in in like that 1920 season and he's fallen off. And you have Lingard too, played really well for West Ham. Okay. Yeah, in fact, like, yeah. Martial, he's been too inconsistent. I've given up on him. But like with basically with the, with the way our wingers play is that we always tuck in, and when you tuck in, you leave space out wide, which is great because it gives another option to attack. But Bisaka cannot attack to save his life. Dalo is fine, but then he's not up to the standard. Same with Teles and Shaw. So because of that, we are. That's literally a story. They are not up to the standard. I mean, you and lost one of your really good players in Greenwood, and so. Quality all over the pitch is just bad. No, all over the pitch. It's just like those two key areas where we need to get. Your central defense is also bad. Your center backs are terrible. Center backs, full backs, central midfielders, strikers. You have Ronaldo, who's obviously Ronaldo, but dude, Varane was a big mistake. He hasn't done anything since he came. He's been injured half the time. Let's calm down. Next season, he might be good. Varane next season he might be good. He's just been he's been unlucky with injuries, but next season he might be good. And with our centre back thing, it's also due like Maguire is not a defender who should be playing on a high line. He is just so slow. Like why he did well for Leicester was that Leicester would normally sit deep, and he has decent passing range, so he looks good over there and like he's big and strong. So um, on the he can make some nice standing tackles. But if you push him up on a high line, yes, Rafael Varane is quick as hell. He'll be able to, he'll be able to catch up on the on the balls in behind. But Lindelof is slow, Maguire is slow, and that's the problem. So basically, I think it just and then there's down also Bayi. We are certainly bag on Instagram for him to be given a chance. I think Bayi is a, is probably a better centre back. Nah, his legs are made out of sticks. So I, but I get your point of view. He like I remember when we signed him, he was so good. Then he just couldn't stop getting injuries. United are a club, is a football team that's run as a business instead of a football club. We want money. And that was exactly that, my point. That was exactly my point. That the brand counts more than the team. But it's supposed to be the opposite. That's kind of why we signed Pogba. 
And now he has let you, he's leaving on a free for the second time. <laughs> and I have never seen everything that's happened like that. When you have a player who leaves you on a free. Faisal sounds once, like a United fan now. Actually. As a football fan, it is preposterous. <laughs> like, you sign oh for one dragon free and he's leaving for free for the second time. Where has that ever happened? Yeah, it's just bad management, honestly. It's comically bad. It's comically bad. Yep, and Pogba is... Pogba was... Pogba is a generational talent. He is, I agree. But I think was that when we signed him, like, we had no idea how to use him and... We still don't know how to use him. I feel that's still true today. It's like every manager has come in has like not built around him and like you you really should because look at how he does with France. He could carry a team, man. I think there's an element that he doesn't want to play. That he doesn't try as hard with the club teams either. Yeah, like yeah. you could see he give a plays shit. harder for France than he does for the clubs. We talking about no Pogba or we talking about Bale? Pogba and Bale. Both of them. I mean, Bale cares more about playing golf unless he's playing for Wales. Well, here's the thing, though. At least Bale had his glory days, right? Like, Pogba never really... No. I mean, are we talking about Juventus time? Uh, I mean, you that's could different say Juventus, yeah. But he was so young. Pogba for United, I remember he scored those two goals to make us come back to win the Manchester City? Derby. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. And the that, header was so that, good, that, too. Yeah. That game was amazing. I was... But with Pogba... I can say, like, obviously he tries harder for France, but that's because he's loved there. You will try harder in a place that... I think it's just not motivated enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, there's United millions of dollars he's getting starting a motivation. Same thing, Deli Ali, I guess. You know, nobody can really use him well. Uh, by the way, Deli Ali, I feel so sad for him. No, but he was being used right. He started to fall off even under Pochettino, so I don't really think it's a system problem. I think that's just a mentality thing. It's a Deli Ali problem. Yeah, because even Jose was like, you just need to take take yourself more seriously and well... He turned up for like six games and then disappeared. Exactly. Yeah. And he's in Everton and now. Everton Jesus. Fate was the We're in a relegation fight. Went out and bought Dele Ali of all people for 40 million. Although but they were preparing for the championship. It's in, it's in add-ons. But like, you're in a relegation fight to buy Dele Ali. That says everything about you. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is so disappointing. I loved him last season. What, what happened to him? He's not even playing anymore. Injuries? He got injured. Even when he's he playing, it's just... Like he <sighs> okay, here's a hot take, right? I think Calvert-Lewin is good at what he does. The problem is he only does one thing, which is score headers. DCL Airlines, baby. Man can fly. Yeah, but if you don't play to his strengths or like you mark him out, he's done. Like, he's Basically, bad at link he, he, he just needs Hamas Rodriguez. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, and he and where is James Rodriguez right now? No idea. Honestly, I don't have any idea. Where is James Rodriguez? Is it like Japan or something? I, that's or like Japan. That's Qatar. Yeah, we know it is Qatar. It's Qatar. No, it's okay. He's in okay. Qatar. Yeah. Okay, with Dominic Calvert Lewin, he's he, he's just been injured. One and like, it's not his fault that when he recovered from his injury, Everton became shit. So now he has to play in a shit side, which has obviously made him shit because he's recovering. Richarlison is a very selfish player. It doesn't really pass to him much. No, Richarlison, and okay, I, maybe I haven't seen much of Everton, but I remember last season under Carlo Angelotti, him, Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin were having a nice like partnership. But the thing with Richarlison is he's just such an unlikable person, man. Unless I guess you're an Everton fan, but he's like, just, I don't... 
is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the problem, man. He's just a bit of an asshole everywhere he goes. He is, honestly. But like, and maybe that's why I kind of like it that Everton are going down. <laughs> because of Richarlison. Richarlison makes it more sweeter, I suppose. Dude, they have a lot of fucking assholes there. Look, look at Bigfoot. Um, I could name a few more. I mean, Deli Ali now is probably a big reason. Deli Ali is just sad at this point. Whatever happened to that guy? What happened to that guy? Tom Davies. He was so good at one point. Tom Davies? Tom Davies. I haven't had a name yeah. in ages. Yeah, he scored against yeah. City and never again. Yeah, but now there's Anthony Gordon, huh? To fill that role. Oh, yeah. He was actually okay today, except for the diving part. Lah. Oh, they have Iwobi. <laughs> they have Iwobi. I forgot about Iwobi. Alex Iwobi is such a confusing player, man. Like, for the longest time, I always felt he was being played in the wrong position. No, the, the, the wrong thing is him playing football. That, that, that's the wrong thing. Wow. That's sad, bro. He, I don't know for Arsenal, he was decent. He had moments. He does this thing where he, he takes the ball and then he dribbles it and then you're wondering, okay, where is he going? Where is he going? This is his high thing. And then he just goes to the corner flag. And just like the ball just goes off, like you know, he does all his fancy skills, and you have no idea, like you're anticipating something really cool. But no, you realize it's it will be, and yeah, nothing's gonna happen. I actually liked him at one point, just just the same way I like Reese Nelson. No idea where Reese Nelson is, but I don't know. Alone, I think he seems yeah, he's supposed he's supposedly playing well, but like he only started playing like a few weeks ago, and like he hasn't really done much. So we'll have to see what he was being compared to Sancho last time. Yeah, because they used to be in the same YouTube. Yeah, I remember. And like, they were also both bossing into the Bundesliga. Nelson was for Hoffenheim and Sancho was for Dortmund, I remember. But anyway, that's how football is. You're up in the world and now you're disappeared. Like, no, you never oh, yeah. United's transfers make no sense. Oh, you're talking the about the past really five years, big. 10 years? Van oh, Van der Beek. Beek. Yeah. I forgot about Van der Beek. Who remembers Van der Beek? Is he on He's in Everton. He's on Everton now, yeah. <laughs> He doesn't oh, even play. He He's on their bench now. Okay, but maybe when Ten Hag comes over. Yeah, because I am. Maybe. Well, I just don't understand why they didn't even transfer him in the first place. Like they, they never, they never played him. They didn't even see that attention to play him. Yeah, they just bought him because he was cheap in goods. Yeah, but then that's just very stupid because we had Bruno Fernandez and Pogba playing in the same position. Now, what is? We can't screw in Van der Beek inside there. So, like, it made zero sense. And I knew for a fact Van der Beek is going to be shit. I mean, if, if, oh, I I mean, if he's he got play, he's going to be good. He's yeah. a good player. He was really good at Ajax. United is not the right team for him. Because you need to buy players who sort of fit into that team philosophy. But most of United's transfers don't fit their style. What They're exactly is their philosophy at this point, man? They don't have one. <laughs> like, yeah. I think we found it, guys. We cracked it. We found it. We, we, we got to the bottom of it. There's no philosophy. That's, there that's is no the philosophy. Answer. I guess Ten Hag could change things. They buy good players and make them bad. That is their philosophy. If Ten Hag can like implement a philosophy, because I feel like with like Ragnik and then like trying to get someone like Ten Hag and then giving him a budget, I feel like the time is right for them to implement a philosophy. It's just that will they stick to it and will they like. They can't just go for like the biggest names because it's not going to work. Like I feel like if they get players from his Ajax team, they might have a chance. It just depends on where they stick to it and I guess time will tell. So what, now is it what, five, six years without a trophy? Uh, since 2017, so it's five. Under Mourinho as well. Yeah, the Europa League, yeah. And I remember when we won it, I did not care two bits because I expected us to win it. 
I mean, you lost it last year. Yeah, that's why I'm vexed. Like you know, stuff like the Europa League and the, and I think it's like the, it's the pride of the of a United of being a United fan. Like the Europa League and the Europa Conference League are beneath us. These guys grew up watching United pick up the Premier League every almost every other year. You know, like yeah, this, I mean, at this, this song... point, are they really below you anymore? I mean, you're not really in the Champions League consistently. You don't have Champions League success. They kind of fit you. Yeah, they I'm just are thinking your like watching Ronaldo in a Conference League would be a sight. Oh, that would be a f- watch oh. them lose like, like PAOK out of Greece or something. It'd be amazing. <laughs> hey, Sean, <laughs> you could go and see them. I honestly, yeah, I'll be in Spain next year. Draw them in a group with some. Draw them in a group with like who's who's in Europa League spots in Spain right now. Let's say Real yeah, Betis or something. Yeah, draw, yeah, draw them with Betis. Ooh, Betis or Villarreal. Actually, like if United get into like the Europa League, which is probably what will happen. Like I don't think they'll they'll fall into the Conference League, but who knows what could happen? Then like okay, maybe they can get... now, man, it's possible. They get eliminated from the Europa League into the Conference League, and they play Chelsea next. Yeah, yeah. Draw them into Batista's group, but I'll go. I'll go watch. Dude, I need United to win against Chelsea. I need that. Let's go for third, man. Like, why are we going for fourth? Let's go for third. Come on. Well, That's the confidence. The thing is, Chelsea need to drop a lot more points, and like they got lucky with West Ham. Like, if they drew with West Ham, I think there'd be a chance. But like, hey, all Arsenal need to do is like win all their games. They can at least Especially draw. The and Derby. They can draw that game, but like, I would obviously want them oh, to no, win it, and then to like, top four is ours. I mean, honestly, with the way Tottenham is right now, I don't even. No, and I, it's so surprising I because I because I remember when Arsenal lost the three games in a row: first at Palace, Brighton, and Southampton, and everyone was writing us off, saying we have no chance. And in the space of a week, now we're back in it. Right now, Tottenham is four points ahead of United with a game in hand. Yeah, and Arsenal are two points ahead of Spurs with the same games played. Yeah, and you're both you both you both have a game in hand on United. I don't think United's getting out of sixth. No, they're not. Like, so they're getting conference league. It's definitely between Arsenal and Spurs for top four. Oh, and yeah. like yes. the last the last time it's been like that, like, you know, Spurs always bottled it. Like 15-16 was one when they came third in a two-horse race. Ronaldo is in the race of the golden boot, right? He is. Well, race, well, you're using the word race very lightly. Salah won it in December. Well, you look at I the goal know, differentials, man. though. You guys have a lot of that, but then Tottenham's goal differential is 18. Arsenal is 12. United. We need to win. Two. We need to win the North London Derby. That's all. We just need to win that game. With our fixtures like that are coming up, there can be a swing because we play. Um, let me pull. Actually, let me let me pull up the fixture list because I believe, like Spurs have like probably a tougher run into us now because we have to face West Ham next week. What does West Ham want at this point? Eh, what are they going for? Europa League. They're probably going for the Europa League. Like Dude, I don't think win the fo- Europa League at this point. <laughs> they could. They really could actually. Yeah. See, we play West Ham, then we play Leeds, then it's the North London Derby on the 12th, then we play Newcastle away, and then Everton at home on the final day. So we could send Everton down. Let's go. No, beautiful. I will support you for that. That would be beautiful. Just the sight of Pickford crying, oh my God, wow. No, just seeing that, just seeing them in the championship. No, and, and Ramsdale putting the final nail in the coffin on like who's going to be England's number one. That. That would be a story. That would be powerful. Oh, beautiful. I yeah. mean... Honestly, I hope Ramsdale does something horrible so that Matt Turner can come in and start. <laughs> wait for next season. Let's wait for next season. To be fair, Matt Turner is a good goalkeeper, though. I really want to see him do well. I mean, I like, honestly... If we I get Champions League, out. if we get Champions League, he could probably play those games. He's good enough. Yeah, but like, I, like, but the US needs him to play because it's either 
having him, we'll end up having our two best goalies be the backups for Arsenal and Is City. Is Stefan really like one of the US's best goalkeepers? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, our other options like yeah. Bradley's on. Yeah, you don't have that many <laughs> options. See, Spurs play Leicester, then they have Liverpool and Anfield, then the North London Derby, but their final games are Burnley and Norwich. Well, they have Liverpool, huh? They but have Burnley's Liverpool. would be fighting in those games too, though, because they're two exactly. points out of relegation Burnley, right now. Burnley could stay up. You know, no, the they, fact they, that they're supposed to be fighting. might have been a good idea. No, but look at their schedule. They have Watford, two games against Villa, a game against Newcastle and Tottenham. But here's the thing about the sacking of Sean Dice, though. Like, commercially, it's a terrible decision. Everybody just, just wants them to go out now. But it somehow worked, though. Like, when did they wait? When did they fire him? Like, what, I forget how long ago it was like now. Two games ago. Yeah, okay. two games ago. I mean, their last three games, they got a, a draw with West Ham, 2 0 over Southampton, 1 0 over Wolves. They've actually started playing well. Yeah, Ben, with Ben, me, and the coaching staff. I can definitely see Burnley staying up because what have Everton really shown us? Nothing. That they're bad. Charlie Sun La, that's the thing, you know. The one thing I don't understand is how did they beat United? Like that was the one outlier, like, oh, maybe they can stay up. But then I think we gotta realize that they are United. There's a battle of like the two bad teams. See, United's United's fixtures are they have to play Chelsea. Wow. Dude, I just want them to win that game, man. They have to win that game. They have to play Brentford, Brighton, and then Crystal Palace. But like honestly, like I don't I don't see them like crawling into the top four like even fifth just because of like Spurs are gonna go for that fourth spot like it looks like another season of Europa League but honestly though speaking of the Europa League what do we think is gonna happen this season because like I think the semifinals will be coming up this week I think West Ham will get to the final West Ham are winning West Ham are winning okay so West Ham play Eintracht Frankfurt and Leipzig play Rangers Oh, did you guys see the Frankfurt thing? How many fans they they got in the camp now? I did. They're like thirty thousand fans. Like that's insane. Yeah, and Barca Barca just crumbled. It was very unfortunate, considering Savi yeah. actually has them playing well. I mean, they're all all they have. They they're just falling back on they beat Real four 0 Okay, here's the question though. So I think the consensus is that everyone thinks West Ham will beat Frankfurt and Leipzig will beat Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. In a straight shootout between West Ham and Leipzig, what do we realistically think will happen? West Ham are winning. Like, there's something in the air for West Ham. Leipzig's inconsistent. That's the thing. All those games are really good. Those games, they look horrible. Because that's for them. It's the only way they can get into the Champions League next season. It's the only way they can keep Declan Rice. Okay, to be fair, they still can't keep him. But it's their best shot. So there's more on the line for West Ham. Than there is for Leipzig. I wear Leipzig in the Bundesliga, by the way, because I think they picked up recently. I mean, Union beat them yesterday, which I'm very happy about. So. Oh yeah, because Sean, you are a Union fan. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Two-one win, and we got into the last European spot, two points over Köln right now. So holding on to it. Good luck to Union Berlin for for doing it. I mean, we uh, scored. Your... We, we scored two in the final five minutes to win two-one. Yeah, and the guy who looks like Putin scores. <laughs> yeah, Michel. Michel. Hmm. Caruso's replacement. It's kind of nice that you get... Wait, are you guys newly promoted or were, you guys, or were you guys promoted last season? It was like 2019 was the first season. And now you're miles above Hertha. <laughs> yeah, beat them 4-1 in the derby a couple weeks ago. So looking at the table, you guys are in the Conference League qualifying spot in the moment? Yeah, which is... It's 
I'll take it. <laughs> you, I mean, it might it might be the Europa League spot of like, wait, who won the German Cup? Um, it's Freiburg versus Leipzig in the final. Oh, okay. So if yeah. Leipzig beat Freiburg and they qualify for a Champions League, then Union gets the Europa League well, spot. Either either one, honestly, they're they're going to get it no matter what. Like the announcers literally said, they're in the Europa League spot right now because they're, they're four or five. So whichever one wins oh, it, they're going to okay. bump up a spot. Okay, that is actually really good. Yes, like if you look at the standings there, everybody below four is basically a spot up. But okay, then speaking of the Conference League, then the semifinals are Leicester versus Roma and Feyenoord Marseille. What do we think is going to happen? Roma are beating Leicester. Really? I I, I think Leicester's going to win it. I think Roma is going to win. Because Mourinho has a point to prove. I don't know, man. Without Jamie Vardy, even Ihenacho is not starting every game, you know? But that that guy is actually pretty good. For these competitions, it's what he's built for. When is Vardy like scheduled to return? No idea, man. Is he just gonna retire like that? Oh look, oh, no, Ovar- no. Oh, Vardy just came back. You like, may hate Mourinho in the, in the draw against Villa, but he is built for these competitions. I mean, they're in sixth in Syria. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're that good. No, it's not like the league table. It's when you're towards like the end of like a competition, like semi-finals. That's when Mourinho knows how to put a mentality in. When's the last time Mourinho won a trophy? Yeah, really. When, yeah, when's the last time he won a 2017 trophy? 2017 with United? <laughs> no, 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 that's fair. That's fair. But still, if you think about it, I mean, how good are Leicester themselves anyway? It's only their second semi-final. I mean, ever. they won a trophy last year at least. Exactly. They beat Chelsea they too. Won a yeah. trophy. But even that was... I, know, I still have a feeling that Roma are going to take it. I just think the, the quality of the Premier League, the Serie A, the Serie A is like very top I mean, they, they're playing teams that are absolute trash half the time. They're not yeah. very good. I don't know. The Premier League, just even if they're mid-table in the Premier League, they play such a hard, so much a harder schedule. Just they'll win. Leicester's going to win it. Okay, so what about the other semifinal then? I think clearly Marseille. Probably. Is Marseille yeah. against? Feyenoord and Reese Nelson. <laughs> It's more of a throw up, like you know, because just the league one is sucks. It's horrible. Yeah. Farmers league. <laughs> it is a farmers league. It's terrible. Yeah. It's league. La Liga is like okay still, but pulling it back to the conference league. So Leicester or Roma, if they face Marseille, what do we think? Leicester. Either of them. They're either of them's gonna win it. It doesn't matter if they're facing a league one team. The league one team. Okay, Roma is not just okay. It's not just the Mourinho. Sorry, Marseille could win because they have like Galataka, they have Ganduzi, Saliba, Saliba. Hi, Dimitri Payet. They have a uh, team, it's okay. I Milik. can see them doing the tough game. Yeah, I guess they have an okay team, la, you know. How well are they doing in the in League One? Who Marseille? They're second, I think. That's not bad. It's not, bad. not bad at all. No, it's not bad. They're always upset. So I try and always keep that into account. Like, sorry, it's not the logical team that wins. I mean, as a City fan, rightly so. I'm upset. Yeah, we all thought Barcelona was going to win it, right? For a while. Yeah, and then they fell off. You know, speaking of upsets, let's go to the Champions League. Liverpool, Villarreal, Man City, Real Madrid. Oh, that's right. Liverpool are winning. Okay, you see, that's the thing. That's what you said about Villarreal. People are way too confident and 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 they're just writing Villarreal off. And it's look at Liverpool today, man. They were shaky against Everton in the first half. No, but they want those four trophies. 
Liverpool turn up to the games that matter. Is what I, I'm think that, I think you know, they'll, they'll be in for a challenge in Spain, but when they get back to Anfield, they'll be able to win it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they will be able to win it. It depends on how well Valencia, I mean, Villarreal plays in, in Spain. Because if they do win in Spain, they're going to put up a fight here in, in Anfield. Yeah, they have to win that game in Villarreal. Like, that's Mm-mm. key for them. If they lose that game, they're not. Not that I want Liverpool to to lose. I mean, I want, I want them to, to lose. I want to lose. But like, and realistically, yeah. the only hope that we have of stopping them is if we win it ourselves. We as in? As in Man City. I just want them to win once. I said this thing before, Real are winning. Real barely league. beat Chelsea, though. <laughs> I mean... Dude, ex-champions. Chelsea's a level down from City. So... Yeah, I know, but then like Real just Real just do it. They always find a way. But the experience also does matter. Like experience does really matter. Teams like Liverpool and Real, they have that experience of being able to win before. So it affects your mentality as well. Even if you're down, you know you're never out. Yeah, but the thing about that experience thing, right? It's like a lot of the players who actually won it with Real, the, the, those three, four titles, they're not there anymore. I mean, it's Ramos really only like Benzema. Oh, but still Benzema, Modric, Cruz, Benzema, Modric, Casemiro, Carvajal. Carvajal. That midfield just feels like it goes on forever at this point. Many players, bro. And they're not even that old, you know? Cruz is actually much younger than most people think he is. He's only, what, 32, 33? Oh, really? Most people think, yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty young. He was one of the younger ones Cruz in, that, in that never Germany been the squad. Most athletic. Cruz has never been the most athletic, so... No, that's true, but like his game was never about athleticism. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was always about keeping things ticking and he, like he does it so well. And like Modric, man, like I feel like Modric could go on forever. Like he yeah. doesn't play like he's 36. Exactly. Like here's the thing with Real. Real have Real's system is not good. Like realistically, they should have lost to Chelsea, they should have lost to PSG. But you just wait. Modric is going to do a bicycle kick cross. To Benzema. Like what Diaz did today to Origi. Exactly. But it's going to be even better. I Dude, that assist from Montreux is filthy, man. Yo, that that assist from Montreux. Jesus. Ooh. I had to see it again and again. It was so accurate. Yeah. And and to get the flight of the ball, that perfect and the balance on it. And just the pace. You know, how? Like how? It doesn't make sense. It just keeps getting better with age. And by the way, Ronaldo playing at 37 and Modric playing at 36 is very, very different because Modric is running everywhere. He's covering the whole pitch. Like Ronaldo is now play, only playing up front because he doesn't press as much. Modric still plays like he's 26. Yeah. So Modric one is by far a lot more impressive. I know we all like gave him a lot of hate for like winning the Ballon d'Or, but like, I think we can see why he deserved it. I guess, no, yeah, you know, like, Mbappé I mean, should have won. He deserved it. No, he never did. But... Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, that's it's harsh. Okay, Mbappe should have won it. Was, no, 2018, like, the likes of Mbappe were more deserving, Salah was more deserving, Ronaldo was more deserving, Griezmann was more deserving. But okay, Griezmann really fell off though. How is he doing in Atletico? Uh, I don't know. Atletico. He's, 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 he's mid. He's actually kind of mediocre. Do you know, uh, I'm not sure about you guys, but there was a time where Griezmann was like in the talks of the third best in the world. Yeah, around like the World Cup. If it wasn't Suarez, most people would have said Griezmann. He finished third in 2016, which was kind of, which I don't agree because it should have been Suarez. But you know, 
that's what happens when you perform in big international tournaments. You yeah. people kind of forget everything else. But like with Modric, right? We, okay, the thing is, he never deserved the 2018 Ballon d'Or. But it's nice that he's doing well because he's reminding everyone that he's still a very good footballer. Like, he's not the best in the world, but like he's very good at what he does. He is so stupidly good. It's kind of... Like, I remember also watching him in the Euros. Like, when Croatia played against Scotland, he tore them up to shreds. But it's also Scotland, though. Yeah, it is Scotland. But then, like, he, it was just him and him alone. And also against Spain. Like, that's that crazy-ass Spain game. Oh, yeah, that you, Spain you, game was crazy. Ferran Torres scoring that goal. And then Morata finally turning up after, like, a ton of misses yeah. in the first half. But anyway, Modric is just phenomenal. And it's nice for us to remind to be reminded that he's actually good because people think he's overrated because of him winning the Ballon d'Or. But... I think if we if we looked at it from a different perspective, if we were just like, okay, for everything that he's done over the course of his such a long career, maybe the way we we could remember that is, is as him being a Ballon d'Or winner, you know, a collective thing, not just for that one year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like he's he's definitely one of the greatest midfielders of this generation, mm-hmm. right? Like that. And what I'm going to see is that Real, like he's one of the greatest. Like he's up there. He's in the list of this generation from like 2012 to, to now those 10 years there are very few midfielders that are, that are better than him that yeah, are you could even say he was him. the he's the best Real Madrid player to come from Spurs but it's, that's not really that big of a that's not really a yeah. big of a deal yeah that's Spurs. true just because of how Bale's time at Real is going to be remembered I just wish things have gotten better, would have gotten better for Bale man what a player what a player yeah that's the sad thing his Real thing is but he's still a real legend. He's a real legend, like it or not. And I know that Los Blancos... It's a galactico. Yes, and he's a legend. He generally is one of Real's best players ever. Statistics, statistics-wise. Wait, Bill? Yes, Bill. No, Bill, yes. Statistically, yes. I just feel like the way he's being remembered. Because bear in mind, he so scores he's clutch goals. Himself as well. His personality but made him just be hated exactly. by the fans. So nobody he cares. He never bothered to learn Spanish. He never bothered to connect to the supporters. And he was always a pariah and an outsider. <laughs> and that's why. Oh, wow. The, word the, the thing is, too, is no matter how good his stats were, they could have even been better if he actually like focused as hard as he could exactly. have. Like, tried as hard as he could have. They could it's have been even gonna better. It's going to be that case tried. of he could have. It's going to be a he could have. Real Madrid fans are not the most benevolent. They were booing Ronaldo for fuck's sake, which is the best player of all time. Like, okay, Bale stopped giving a fuck which is fair, but I think it was because of the Real fans just being dickheads to him because Real fans are just dickheads. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I think it's all the big clubs. I mean, PSG, the fans walked out today. Yeah, Real, I mean, you Real said big clubs and then you brought PSG. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I think with Real, Real fans particularly are just... They're toxic are as fuck, ridiculous. man. They're so toxic. Bro, like, Even Barcelona fans are better. <laughs> Ronald, Cristiano Ronaldo had the crime of not scoring in like three games and they were booing him. Uh, Sounds remember, like New York fans. Like, That's how every, every team in New York is like games. that. Exactly. So, yeah, Real is just particularly toxic. And yeah, Bale did not help himself with the Spanish because he's been there for how many years? Like almost a decade. And I don't know how to speak Spanish, bro. Come on. And like, you could at least try. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. At least learn a little bit of it just to like, answer basic questions. But I guess when you're too busy playing golf, you can't do it. 
<laughs> and also, like, if Bale stepped up to Ronaldo's missing shoes, then it would be a completely different thing. And also, Bale was getting injured all the time, which is also kind of annoying. Like so, it's kind of it's kind of sad because you saw like we can see now Benzema's really stepped up to fill that void. Like why couldn't Bale yeah. have done the same? Like just think of front three of Vinicius, Benzema, and like at least a Bale who's trying would be a lot better than like whoever they play on the right right now. Like what sometimes even play Valverde. Valverde. Yeah, he's not even a winger. Like Asensio has fallen off, and what's happened Bale's to Isco as well? Was never that good even at Tottenham. He played really well, but you could see that like he. Because he's not been playing consistently, his match fitness is so down to the point where it's just, no matter how hard he tries, he can never replicate that form. He's still better than like the alternative options. It's, it's kind of like Pogba with United, honestly. Yep. But Bale has had a lot more, a, a much better time than Pogba, I think. No, yeah. No, yes, 100%. Had a, Bale had like a 10,000, like, obviously, bro. That guy scored a bicycle in the Champions League final. And that wasn't even his best Champions League final, by the way. Like the one mm-hmm. before that, that header from the Di Maria cross, that header was, oh, I love watching that, man. Yeah, okay. He was, that header was great. But then like, I rewatching. I remember I rewatched that final and Bill missed a bunch of chances where he should have scored. Like I remember there were a bunch of chances where he was cutting on his left, then he went wide. He tried doing outside of the foot, he went wide when he should have tried it on his right. So he was having a bit of a down game, but that header obviously changes things. But the one against Liverpool, he was just on another level. But I feel like even back then when he came on, there was a bit of a like a... It wasn't the bill that... It, it wasn't bill at his best when he came on. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, it was when the injuries were coming. It was when the injuries were becoming more consistent and annoying. And I remember Zidane gave up on him and he played Isco and Isco is becoming insane. So Dude, Isco is on the best bench now. Crazy. A lot of these players are going to leave Madrid though in the summer to make way for Mbappe. Because who's going to buy them? MLS. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Who is going to buy Isco with these astounding wages? No, I, I, Real have to eat some of the wages. They're not going to be able to get the whole thing back. Isco, Asensio as well. They haven't really been doing much. But it is there. Asensio has picked up. He scored like I think I get. I think it was Granada, yeah. If they're against Granada, like on, I think, Tuesday or something. Yeah, but it's kind of like Gabriel Jesus scoring four against Watford. Like, it's not really <laughs> yeah. the best judge of whether a player's yeah. picked up or not. Do that against a Barca or Atleti or something like that, and it'll actually count. But yeah, like, come on. Like, and Kedia scored two against Chelsea. Do better. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, I get you. Asensio has been down. Like, he should have. There was a point in time I remember where it looked like he was going to be the next guy. No, because here's the thing, right? He's the number 11 of Real Madrid. He took that number off Bale. And like, I feel like Bale has still done a lot more for Real than Asensio has ever done. Anyway, I never knew this happened. I, I, did, I didn't know Asensio was number 11 right now. He is. So Bale's is 18 Bale? now. He is, he is. 18. He is. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't know that happened. Even when he went to Tottenham, he was playing with number 9. He was so weird to see that. Like, Bale 11 is just iconic, man. You yeah, don't just exactly. that away. It's like Salah 11, you know? Like, no, yeah. It's like a thing. And De Bruyne 17. Ronaldo 7. Trent Alexander-Arnold 66. And Foden 47. But now you have like, what, Messi 30? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's just a number. Well, <laughs> Messi 30 was because he used to wear 30 like with Barca. It was like a full circle. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still, it looks yeah. weird, man. Imagine Ronaldo wearing 17 now. Or 9. Yeah. Ronaldo oh, yeah. 9 was a weird era. And like also because yeah. he like tried to conflate that with like the original Ronaldo. It couldn't <laughs> be more different. 
yeah, that was just a weird time. Like I remember, I have I have the FIFA 10 game where it's his first season at Real and he's wearing number nine because of Raul, and I'm like, mm-hmm. who are you? Who is this guy? <laughs> but those were complete vibes upon vibes, but. <laughs> But anyway, like back to what we were originally talking about. So, who do we think is going to win the Champions League? Real. I called this thing in December. Real are winning it. I will go City just because, I mean, you know. Because Man I would City. love for it to be a Liverpool versus City. We're I don't take want four. that. Yeah. I think, honestly, if it gets to City, City Liverpool, I think Liverpool's going to win it. Yeah, that's the thing, you see. <laughs> I think if that actually happens. I think if, if City meet Liverpool in the final, they're going to win. Because you've always, okay, this is like a kind of a thing, but like, you know how there have been teams who have failed to win it one year or coaches who failed to win it one year and then come back the very next season to win it, like Liverpool losing to Real, then beating Tottenham the next year or Thomas Tuchel losing it with PSG and then winning with Chelsea the very next season. So that small part of me hopes that like, after our loss last season, we can finally win it this season. Because if we play against Liverpool, we are going to go to win it with our strongest team. Because we have shown that we can beat Liverpool in the past. Hopefully, you guys might not... Maybe hopefully you guys are not like Valencia. Because in 2000, they lost 3-0 to Real in the Champions League final. Then in 2001, they lost to Bayern on penalties. And they've never come close ever since. Hopefully, this year can be our... Lucky charm. But it's okay, Faisan. Man City would lose in the Champions League final because they won't be there. It's real. <laughs> I mean, you... you agendas a, must agend. No, you have a point because, I mean, if it's not City, it's going to be real. I don't see Liverpool winning it. They're losing in the final to whoever comes. I, I think City's getting past... Getting to get past Real and then lose to Liverpool. It's my prediction. I think it's well wins Real or City is winning it. I'm you're really downplaying the, the abilities of Liverpool, though. The Liverpool squad is really good. Like, honestly, I hope City win the Champions League. Okay, either City or Real win the Champions League. Like, if Liverpool win it, then, United, like me as a United fan, we are, I'm really screwed because they might do one better than the treble and win the quadruple. Exactly. That's what I, I don't win. want. I don't care who wins it as long as it's not them. Because if they win the quadruple, it's going to change football forever. Like, Okay, here's the thing. They're not going to win the quadruple because they're not going to win the Premier League. It's, it's yeah. just not, not going to happen. They're not, they're not taking it off City. Yeah, Guys, we've been, we've been here before, man. City doesn't sleep. That's the one thing they don't do. Except for in Champions Leagues. Yeah. City will smack Watford 5-1 in front and make you cry. Yeah. Yeah, because even looking at the fixtures, right? We, what fixture could you realistically see them losing? Like... Okay, ignoring the Champions League, right? They face Leeds next. They're getting hammered. I can't see them losing. Newcastle. I can see them growing one. They have okay. Newcastle, West Ham, That's and Villa. West Ham's the only to be the only challenge there. I don't think so. I mean Newcastle. Where, where are they playing? Um, at the Etihad. Okay, then you know. I guess we have our answer. Mm, but West Ham are playing at West Ham are playing yeah. at home. West Ham at London Stadium. That's going to be the one challenge. Lose. West Ham was so much lose. better when they started the season. They're not that good now. It depends because they might want to get themselves ready for the Europa League. Yeah, well, no, West Ham's going to be battling for the last European spot. They're going to be at home with on the second to last week of the season. Like, they're going to put up a good fight against City that week. 
either that or like you know they might want to just take the Europa League spot off United. True. Depending on what happens there, Arsenal face West Ham next. Though that could be a banana skin. Either way, they'll be fighting for a European spot. The game's gonna mean something to them. I feel like it's it's difficult to call because like like y'all said, based on like what we've seen, City don't slip, but like it can happen. I could see them drawing one game. Yeah, and even drawing one game would be enough. Exactly. That's all. That's a slip. That's all Liverpool need. You have to win, 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 win. Nothing else. And so City have drawn against Palace and like teams that you would expect them to beat and just been frustrated at 0-0. So, yeah, we'll have to just see what happens. But I think football is the hardest thing ever. Like, I've, I wrote like my um, IB thesis on that. Predicting football is just, you can never predict. Oh yeah, that's that's totally true. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Tom Little the Podcast. If you like this kind of content, do give us a follow on Spotify. Do give us a like on Instagram. And we'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.